Hi, I'm Haley, author of the book blog, Brook and Binding. I'm Maddie, upcoming debut author, and this is Lit Sis. Hey there, Lit Sis nurse. Yo, uh, yo. Happy Friday. Happy yeah. October 11th. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, like we're midway through October. I don't. I don't understand how that happens. Time is crazy. Um, I like the days are literally just falling away. Mm-hmm. I can't believe like I literally thought about this the other day. I was like, wow, I always feel like it's 2018 and it <laughs> hasn't been 2018 for almost an entire year because 2019 is nearly over. Like what? I don't even remember 2019. Did it even exist? I know 2019. I feel like just flew by like literally and I'll say stuff of like, Oh, yeah, I remember, like, a few months ago that, like, this happened or whatever, um, like, either in the news or, like, oh, this book came out a few months ago or whatever, and then it'll be, like, oh, actually, that was last year. Mm-hmm. Like, no, because this year feels like it, like, has just started. Like, it it's has. just so crazy, and here we are. Summer is winding down. We've got leaves falling on the green grass, covering and creating those, like, well, where we are, we get lovely like colored trees with like reds and oranges and yellows and mm-hmm. and then they like create this beautiful like just blanket on the ground and then I don't want to think what comes next but Snow. the cold the cold hits us but luckily it hasn't been too cold around here recently it's just been a little bit rainy but just barely it's been actually really comfortable weather that is the nice thing about living in the Midwest is that it's you get all four seasons and it's like enjoyable like the fall time you actually get a fall because when Mm -hmm. I lived in California it was like really really hot and then it got cold and then it rained so it was kind of (laughs) weird it wasn't actually like four seasons but um yeah, I, I, I love this time of year. You whip out the sweater, you whip out some cozy reeds, some feel-good stuff, maybe some spooky stuff. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm really excited to talk about today because, in a way, we're talking about a feel-good author, but in a spooky situation. Uh-huh. Ooh. So today, we are going to be talking about a little bit of a scandal. Gotta love those scandals. So, a few months ago, which is crazy because it was like January, I'm pretty sure we talked about this. Um, It feels like just a little bit ago. We talked about the scandal of AJ Finn or Dan, what was his last name? Uh, Halloway? Galloway? No. Dan something. Mallory. Daniel Mallory. Mallory. There you go. Yes. So the author, A.J. Finn, um, is his pseudonym, and it is... The his, Woman in the Window. Yeah, The, the Woman in the Window. Yeah. And that book is amazing, and we loved it, and we, I think we, I'm pretty sure I put it in my best books of 2018, um, and then, like, literally the start of the year, 2019, we found out there's a scandal that his book had been compared to another book, and, like, mm-hmm. the similarities were very eerily similar, and just... Um, there's, like, potential fraud of, like, that he, like, copied and all this stuff. So, it's... Which I still think he is definitely a... He's, he's... It wasn't just the book. It was, like, 
multiple things he had done throughout his life. So, like, he lied about yeah. like, the school that he went to. He lied about, mm-hmm. like, his family being dead to, like, gain sympathy points. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can definitely see that he uh, is a liar. So. Yeah. That Friggin' was, Dan Mallory. We, you got off. You went really I crazy. did. You got I, so mad at him. And I was I, like, look, let's, let's separate his work <laughs> with the person. But when we realized that a lot of there were quite a few similarities in the actual book and like we learned a little bit more about the situation I understood where you were coming from but I also I don't know I really liked the book I don't want to just disregard the book you know no I really liked the book as well but I also think um that Dan Mallory is a piece of trash valid all right so today we are going to be talking about Jojo Moyes and we actually just talked about her a few weeks ago when we were talking about um the girl you left behind in our underrated books that's true a historical fiction that she wrote uh about during World War II I believe um Mm -hmm. and it's such a good book and we were saying I don't really think she's written very many historical fictions and um now she actually has a book coming out called The Giver of Stars and it's Which is historical crazy, fiction. Crazy. Mm-hmm. We're we're so wrong. We're like, oh she doesn't write that many, and then poof, she pops out another one. You know, I think she heard us. Oh yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna show these lit sister, sisters. Those lit sisters wrong. Lit sissies. We're the we're oh, sissies. Nice. All right. So but like I said, she's a feel good author, but kind of in a bad situation she has been accused of publishing a novel with alarming similarities to another author's book so we've got another scandal on our hands gotta love them scandal scandals so i have a few articles that i've looked this up with but the one that i will be talking off of is off of buzzfeed news now i don't want you to just say buzzfeed i'm not gonna listen anymore they're crap not not reliable not reliable trust me I looked at a few other ones, and they're saying the same stuff, um, different, like, publishing houses and um, book websites. Um, but this is just the easiest one that they do a pretty good job of listing the similarities. And um, if you want to follow us along, it's on BuzzFeed News. And just type in JoJo Moyes, and it'll pop right up. I would say that BuzzFeed News tends to be more reliable than just the general BuzzFeed. Oh, that's Because, good. like, general BuzzFeed just does a lot of, like, stupid celebrity stuff, which mm-hmm. is, like, meh. But BuzzFeed News actually is, does a really good job of, like, putting all of the information about some really intense, uh, like, what is the word I'm trying to say? Really intense, like, uh, Situations? Like, new, like uh, breaking news kind of stories into one easy place to read about them. Mm-hmm. All right, so... I'm just going to dive in. I've got the article in front of me, and I'm just going to dive in. And, Mad, feel free to chime in. I'm not going to read the article all the way through or anything like that, but I'm going to definitely read a few things on here. And we're definitely going to be talking about each of the specific similarities that BuzzFeed points out that other articles as well have pointed out, which actually the author who she is being – who Jojo Moyes is, like, claiming that um, she – like stole the the ideas from Mm -hmm. um actually like read the book and pointed out these exact similarities as well so i mean it was her book that possibly was Mm -hmm. stolen so 
She should know. All right. So we are comparing the books. The Book Woman, The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek and The Giver of Stars. Which so have, the, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, so first, I just want to point out first off, um, you can tell that Jojo Moyes has had a lot of books that she's written because her title is actually a lot better than <laughs> The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. Well, the funny thing is, I read in this article that the author actually had a few different names for her book mm-hmm. and different, like the publishing house that she uses um, actually changed the name of her book. <gasps> so How originally, um, when she sent the manuscript to Kensington Books, um, which who was the publisher of so the author her name is um I'm sorry I didn't even tell you the other author's name her How name dare is you. Kim Michelle Richardson okay. no 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 wait yeah 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 Kim yeah. Michelle Richardson a little and, bit more of a mouthful than Jojo Moyes yes but when she first um published she has two other books that she has published and when she sent this specific book to her publishing house she had a different title for it. It was called The Borrowing Branch. That sounds a lot better. Yeah. And, but I think her publisher didn't like it that much. And then they changed it. Um, it says in October 2017, in the Illinois-based independent publisher Sourcebooks bought the manuscript and changed the title to The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. Hmm, so she didn't really have a lot of say, I guess, in the title change. But, hey, at least her book was getting published, you know. Mm, that's true so anyway let's back up a little bit so we've got these two books both historical fiction and they actually are both about something very like really similar well uh, yes oh that's true very yeah like it's not like oh we're gonna be talking about like a very known thing that has happened in history that a lot of people obviously know about and of course you're probably gonna assume there's other books about it this, this is not that. This, these books are about the real-life Pack Horse Library Project that happened in Kentucky. And what it was, essentially, was these women who, um, like, help me if I get this incorrect, Madge. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's about these women who um, traveled through the Appalachian Mountains to different, like, uh, posts and were, like, librarians. Like, they were, like, women who, like, spread around books and trying to help other people with um, being becoming literate and being educated through books. That sounds about right. Um, and so they actually both um, got the ideas uh, qu- quite a while back, actually. Richardson first had this um, – well, actually, let me just read this really quick before I go into that. Um, it says both books are historical fiction about the Pack Horse Librarians, a real-life group of women who, in the 1930s, delivered library books, library books. You're too used rural- to saying brick and binding. Yeah, library books in rural Kentucky to promote literacy. Okay, so we were right. <laughs> but Richardson, so the longer title, the the, tr- the troublesome. troublesome Creek. Yeah, her novel. She actually started writing in 2016. And it was just published in May this year of 2019. Which some um, of you might be like, when you hear about a lot of authors that like pump out like a book a year, mm-hmm. probably like, oh my gosh, why did it take her that long? First of all, it's a historical novel. And you have to do a ton se- of second research. Second of all, so much research. And then second of all, okay, think about how the difference. So this lady start, wrote this book in three years. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was published from the start, time I started writing 
in three years. So it's, she took a lot, a lot of meticulous time into the research of it, um, made sure that it was proper. And she even like spent time like in her cabin because she is from Kentucky. So like, yeah, she knows of this um, from being from Kentucky. Action says she started even researching the novel in 2015, but started writing and sent the idea to her agent in 2016. See, that's so she's really de- mm-hmm. it's an extended amount of time. And, and she then, rented a cabin near the mountains mm-hmm. in South Carolina for a year to conduct more research. So not only was she from the general area, but she specifically like went out of her way to get some information and like actually dive into this world before feeling like she mm-hmm. felt comfortable with creating fictional characters, but in a, like a historical setting, like a and- legitimate real life situation. I truly, oh, sorry, I'm so tired. Truly, I honestly would rather have an author that spends that much time researching a novel to make, and spends that much time writing it to make sure that it's good versus maybe having someone that just kind of pumps out books, especially historical fiction ones. Like, uh, I wish that there was a Kristen Hannah book, a new one every single year, but that's never yeah. going to happen because her books are so well written and so meticulously thought out and researched that she publishes one like roughly every three years. So, Maybe we'll get a Kristen Hanna book next year. So, um, but, like, that's the kind of thing, like, you might think, like, oh, my gosh, she took so long to write it. But, like, she took her time. Mm-hmm. And it also says, too, now you might be saying, well, how long did JoJo Moyes sit with this idea? Like, did she just pump it out really quick? Because she is one of those authors. She wrote a book earlier this year. A new mm-hmm. book just came out earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and actually says um, she got this idea after – reading um a uh, article in the smithsonian in 2017 about the pack horse library project and she actually posted on facebook um in on 27 in 2017 after reading the article like oh my gosh i have a brand new idea for this book based on this history it says had an idea for a book slash film a couple months ago based on a thing from history which few people seem to have heard of Started sending off her materials, got excited, began planning a research trip. The historical thing was in the U.S. Jojo Moyes is from England. Mm-hmm. A week ago, I found someone had posted an article on this exact subject down here, tagging a bunch of other writers and saying they should write about it. Today, I discover a new Wikipedia page for it. Question. Do I accept that someone else is going to write about the thing and give up? It's quite a specific thing. Or do I just go ahead and write my thing and hope that it comes out earlier slash better? So she already knew, like, that this was getting really popular. And I Mm -hmm. believe she wrote this whole book in nine months. Nine months. So three years, nine months, like, Mm -hmm. there's a difference for sure. Definitely a difference. But like we said, with Richardson, she, like, rented a cabin and, like, actually spent some time in the area. Actually, Jojo Moyes also traveled to Kentucky on three separate occasions between 2017 and 2018. And stayed for a week at a time and took the same trails the librarians would have ridden, did lots of research, drove around looking at places where they'd set up camp, and just actually did her own kind of thing as well. So, Hmm. not, like, I'm not trying to, like, say, in this whole, I mean, I personally probably am not going to, at the end, say, I think this book sounds better or this author did a better job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Unless, Matt, if you have something, like, at the very end, you want to kind of say what your thoughts are. I, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. I think 
that it could be really easy to say, oh, well, Richardson, she did way more research. She was so into it. She really, she like traveled to that place and all that stuff. And Jojo Moyes did like the same thing. She it didn't, did. she didn't do it as long. She, she didn't, she, but she also, I'm just going to say this. I've never read a Richardson's novels. She has three. This is her third one. I've never read any of her novels. I'm not saying she's a bad author or anything like that. But Moyes has pumped out so many books. She, she, I feel like knows her style of writing. She knows how to get into a character. Like it just probably has become so second nature to her that she can just like, like dive in and get it done and get it on paper where Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes like what you're saying, Chris and Hannah, like, Yes, it takes a ton of research to do a lot of really good historical fiction pieces. Of course, you can't write historical fiction without doing some form of research. That would be stupid. But there's a difference between an author who, like, specifically wants to take a ton of time um, and just really, like, sit in it. That doesn't mean they're a good or bad author. I'm just saying there's Mm -hmm. a difference between that and then an author who has, like, quite a lot of people behind them. And they Very can just true. pump something out and still be able to create fairly good work. Not like awesome always. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's not. But be able to still pump out something that is decent quality because they are so like, it's just, it's like habit. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. the more you do something, the easier it gets and you can kind of just pump it out. That's why a lot of our favorite authors have recently been starting to pump out a book a year because you get into a flow and you have a publishing contract, but you get uh, into yeah. a flow <laughs> where you're like, I know my style. I know my characters. You're constantly thinking. I actually listened to a podcast with Ruth Ware where she's like, oh, yeah, when Turn of the Key was coming out or Death of Mrs. Westaway is coming out, I'm already thinking about the next book. And that book's already being written. And then the next idea is already coming to me. So it's like, you're, since you're in that creative flow, it's like you're constantly, it's just, you're, it, it's just an easier, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know how else to go No, about. no. I definitely feel that, like, it's a very, it's very common for when um, authors are writing to be so focused on, like, what they're writing and, like, really into it. And then all of a sudden another idea comes into their mind and then they want to focus on that one and then another one. It's, like, very easy to, when you spend so much time in your imagination, to imagine so many things. And some authors have, like, different things. Like, some people use, like, a lot of music. So, like, music will spur some stuff or, like, like paintings or, like, historical things. But when you're an author and you're constantly just thinking of plots and characters and... Devices I feel like it flows settings. out easier it just quicker. It, it just comes. It just comes all the time. I remember I used to have like an entire list of various book ideas that I would just think of randomly, even if I was like working on writing a short story or a book at the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all that to say, I wouldn't necessarily... So there is a good similarities between that they both did actually do research, even though one did it longer than the other. Um, I don't necessarily think it means that one book is going to be better, though. Again... These books were just published. So Jojo Moyes' book comes out in October this month if it hasn't already just been published a few days ago. I can't remember exactly its published date. I can't remember either. And Richardson's came out in May. Now, where kind of some of the scandal stuff is coming around is that um, Richardson's book, um, like electronic versions of it and like 
um, advanced reader copies of it came out like a, almost a year ago. So in 2018, October 2018. Um, and that was around the time. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it came out, I'm sorry, in September. And then okay. in October last year, Moyes turned in her first draft to her editor. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of she had potential to get her hands on the book if she was going to, to read it and apply it to her first draft um, that she turned in the next month. And we did. Oh, sorry. Huh. We did. We, if, if Jojo Moyes did do this, we do, did also reference how she is really good at writing really quickly and pumping things out. So I don't think it would be completely out of like the picture to her, to her have read this advanced reader's copy mm-hmm. and then taking aspects from there that she liked mm-hmm. and implementing them into her own because th- we'll talk about like the similar similarities of it um whoa what was that uh my part of my french press it's fine um, <laughs> are you making coffee because you're yawning so much no i'm just i'm sitting in my chair and i'm pushing my foot up against my fridge and my french press is on top of it and i and it I, knocked I, over maybe um <laughs> I'm yeah, uh, but so she, um, I I mean I it's we're, we'll talk about the similarities um, in the book. I mean it's not like the entire same plot line, no. Um, but there are a lot of similar plot points, and it almost makes me wonder if Jojo Moyes, like if she did do it, like maybe she had like all these different ideas, and she had a good r- first draft. But then there were, like, maybe some pieces that she thought were missing or she needed a little bit more drama and she couldn't exactly think of what she wanted to do. And then when she read this other book, it was like, oh, maybe I'll int- introduce, like, things mm-hmm. like that into my own book. Well, I know in this article it says um, that the publishing house, um, which is Penguin Random House, which is Moise's publisher, um, they own 45% stake in source books which is richardson's publisher but the publicity director um at source books um said that there's no they're not actually taking any legal action and then at um penguin random house they're just saying like no one has read her book like there wasn't a way for her to get her hands on this copy of a book um essentially just denying that Mm. there was any possibility that um like anyone at Penguin Random House read the book woman book. But hmm. you never know. I mean, they could just be saying that. That's kind of what we're throwing out there. I know. It's always these these conspiracies and these scandals that you're just like, you know, maybe they are being 100% honest and they're just trying to deal with this huge thing that's happening and we're and we're just like blowing it up even more, but it's also kind of fun to just like speculate. Oh, definitely. Oh, well, I feel like hold on. Let me see. I don't. I don't think there's anything else. Maybe that we feel like I might need. We need to preface before going into the exact comparisons. Is there anything else you feel like we might need to throw out there? So essentially, JoJo Moyes and her publisher are saying there was no way that we got our hands on the advanced reader copy. Um, and but actually, how it all came out was when JoJo Moyes' book, The Giver of Stars. Um, was available for um, advanced reader copies. It was when it was first made available. So that was in April. 
So if you're like a book blogger or if you are, um, if you like, I don't know, there's a lot of different ways you can get electronic copies of books prior to them being released. But anyway, so a book blogger reached out to Richardson and called her attention to the similarities between the two novels. So this book blogger had read Richardson's novel and then had read the advanced reader copy of Jojo Moyes' novel and was like, hey, I'm, there's like, this is kind of eerily similar. And then Richardson actually took it into her own hands and started taking notes. And that Oof. is what we will be talking about next. Oh, man. Hey, Haley, why is your book blog called Brook and Binding? Well, Maddie... If you'd like to point out that you named it, then that's why you want to talk. No, I'll say. I'll say. Maddie did help name my book blog. When I was looking for something to, I was looking for a title for my book blog, Maddie suggested this awesome alliteration. And it's because my middle name is Brooke and binding as in the binding of books. So I think it's pretty clever and obviously you can take all the credit for it. Why, thank you. But if you want any credit for your awesome book blogs, it all goes to Haley because she's the one who writes them. I do not. I have a book Instagram at Maddie Reads a lot. I write like one sentence. So if you really want to hear, read, see, whatever the word is, read about some interesting book reviews, head on over to brookandbinding.wordpress.com or go to Apric and Binding on Instagram. All right, so now we are going to actually talk about the specific comparisons that Richardson pointed out, like she started to take notes about. And there um, are I eight. would. Yeah, and there are eight of them. So they're actual, like, kind of, she actually wrote these down. And some of them are direct quotes, and some of them are just, like, like summaries that she wrote down of things that are similar. So I'm just going to dive right in. The first one is, well, she actually gives, like, chapters and pages and stuff like that, but there's no need to talk about that. So. Unless you really want to know the specifics, check out the article yourself. Mm-hmm. So, each time I'm going to talk about the book woman book first and then the giver of stars second, okay? Since, mm-hmm. obviously, that's how they were released publishing as well. So, Richardson's book. Oh, actually, let me give a little bit of. Let me tell you guys what these books are about. I know we said kind of what, like, um, what the overall arc is, but let me see if I can find really quick. Okay, okay. So Richardson's novel is a first-person narrative about a woman named Cussie Mary Carter who has a rare genetic condition that makes her skin appear blue, which is actually real life. There are real people like that. Cussie lives as the town outcast and her coal mining father and um, with her coal mining father and works as a pack house, pack horse librarian, delivering books on horseback to folks in the area. Moise's new book, which is written in third person narration, centers primarily on Alice Wright, an English woman who marries a Kentucky man and moves to the town of Baileyville. She meets Marjorie O'Hare, an outspoken single woman who encourages Alice and three other women to join her as a pack house librarian. Pack horse. Oh my gosh, Pack Horse Librarian. <laughs> so the two premises don't really sound that similar, except it's based in the same time. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to dive in and actually look at the comparison. So like I said, the first chunk I'm going to read always is from Richardson's book, and the second is Moyes. And I do want to point out, too, like these aren't like 
something that they discussed were like these aren't like things that are historical similarities. That's like, right. These aren't yep. things that like happened commonly or it's a shared historical event. Like there's because a difference. People would assume that like obviously if there's shared historical events, then those things will be the same. Yeah. But these specific things that are being pointed out are things that like are just fiction like things yeah. that they've should have thought off off the top of their head that makes them that they've added to the mm. historic yeah it's not like writing a story about world war ii and they both have stuff with concentration camps in them and they both mm-hmm. have ish- stuff with um like uh like labor or like hiding food because those were common historical things that happened mm-hmm. this is like isn't in any historical books isn't a known historical event to have happened isn't a common thing that occurred or has ever been written down or publicized as something that happened during this time period. So it's like you said, it's completely fictional and these things are still similar. All right. So this first one, it says Hillman Vester Frazier lies in wait in the woods for female librarian. Cussie um, accosts her and accuses her of quote, doing the evil, like doing the devil's work by carrying sinful books to good and godly folks. You're unclean, born of sin. You're a devil, girl. Then there is a scuffle, and the librarian's mule lurches forward fra- towards Fraser and tramples him. The Giver of Stars. Hillman Clem McCollum lies in wait in the woods for female librarian Marjorie, accosts her, and says, You think you don't know what you, you don't, hold on, quote, You think we don't know what you've been doing? You think we don't know that you've been spreading what you've been spreading among decent God-fearing women? You got the devil in you, Marjorie O'Hare. And there's only one way to get the devil out of a girl like you. Then there's a scuffle, and the librarian's mule lurches, stumbling. The hillman is knocked to the ground and trampled by the mule. What do we think of that comparison? It's very similar dialogue. Mm-hmm. And... It's in both, he dies by her mule in both books. Yeah. At the same, it's not like, oh, he yells at her one day and then the mule tramples her. It's yeah, like, it's like the same the moment. The, yes. So that and is actually, go interesting. Ahead. Well, that is actually the second point that they point out is that that person, Hillman Frazier in the book woman and then Hillman McCollum in the Giro Stars goes missing after he attacks the librarian and is later found dead. So... Those both are literally exactly the same. Wild. Okay, no, point number three. So for the book woman, you, you meet this woman named Queenie, who is a smart, strong black librarian who works for the Pack Horse Library Project, which actually is not historically accurate because there weren't any black pack horse women librarian. So that was a choice of fiction to add a black woman to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, she later goes to work at a library in a city where she will be more accepted and sends letters back home to Cussie. Queenie's handwriting is described as elegant. In the history of the Pack Horse Librarian, a black librarian is never hired. Yes. Okay. In The Giver of Stars, the, we are introduced to Sophie, which later they say in the final work is changed to Sophia, mm-hmm. who is a smart, strong black woman who becomes part of the Pack Horse Project. She has previously worked at a colored city library, and we learn at the end of the book that she returns to work at the city library and sends letters to the girls back home. And her handwriting is described as elegant. Ugh, they're just so similar. I know. <laughs> no, it just, it keep, <laughs> excuse me, it keeps getting worse. Oh, the fourth gosh. one, Book Woman. They, she mentions the book The Good Earth by oh. Pearl S. Buck. 
And then in The Giver of Stars, same book. Out of thousands of books to choose from, <laughs> there is also the mention of The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck, which they do say later that that was a Pulitzer Prize book. And, you know, it's not uncommon that that could have potentially been one that was passed around. However, that's pretty specific. It, I think that itself wouldn't be that damning of evidence if it was not surrounded by all but the everything other else. things. <laughs> Definitely. Ooh. All right. Number five, The Book Woman. Librarian Cussie is gifted a book of poetry by her love interest, Jackson, with an inscription marking a favorite poem for her to read. Oh, mm. Giver of stars. Librarian Alice is gifted a book of poetry by her love interest, Fred, with a paper marking a favorite poem for her to read. Um, I don't think it's that <laughs> similar. I it's mean, literally it almost word for word. Okay. it's Yeah, but that's a summary. She's summarizing. Yeah, but, it's but, not... but they both both of their love interests make uh, give a book of poetry and then they mark a favorite poem. Okay, I think again, it's the same thing as like with the book. It's like, I've definitely seen that in other things before, too, where like they give a book of poetry and like there's a favorite poem or like they have like a specific poem or a song, you know? Mm-hmm. That, it's kind of like their thing. Like that's not out of the ordinary. But again, coupled Surrounded with everything, by everything else, else. Mm-hmm. it's a little... Okay. So this is the one that I think is very crazy specific. Number six. Oh, yeah. Book woman. Librarian Cussie and her love interest Jackson are married on a glorious October day in town with patrons and librarian co-workers attending. Cussie is taken aback by the many well-wishers. Cussie and Jackson have already adopted a child together before their marriage. She is three months old when they marry. This is where. Oh, okay. Okay. That is, um, this is a side note from the author. Okay, so the giver of stars. Librarian Marjorie and her love interest, Sven, are married on a clear, crisp October day in town with patrons and librarian co-workers attending. Marjorie is taken aback at the many well-wishers. Marjorie and Sven already have a child together out of wedlock before their marriage. She is about three months old when they marry. <laughs> the only difference literally is the names, and instead of the baby being born out of wedlock, it was adopted. That's it. That's literally the only differences. Yeah, that one is super, like, that, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, come that on, that, that, that is the plot point that I keep thinking of where I'm like, I feel like Jojo Moyes wanted to have something interesting happening in her book, but she didn't really know how to go about it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of, that feels like a thing that she stole because she's like, oh, okay. So oh, this she- is also kind of goes with it. Number seven, both of the couples in both books are given a wedding gift of a homemade quilt. Okay. Which, I mean. Like, again, on, on its own. Yeah, not that horrible. But, but together. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this is the last one that um, they talk about. Number eight. The book woman. In the book woman. Patron Martha Hanna asked librarian Cussie, quote, Would you have any women's home companion? Be obliged to get one. Nestor Riley's been reading it. And she told me in passing last year. She ain't rubbed groundhog brains on her baby's sore teeth or needed to use the hen's innards on the gums of her teething ones since. So essentially, they're using it for helping their babies with teething. Also, I just got to say, if that's the way that the book woman is written the entire way, I would not read it. Oh, with like the... Um, like the way that The accent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It's hard. It's kind of like when you read Harry Potter and you read Hagrid and yeah. you're like... 
I have what? to say this out loud yeah. for it to make sense in my brain uh-huh. because it doesn't look like real words. Yeah. Anyway, but that's pretty authentic. I mean, people. That's true. That's how they sound. sound like that. Yeah. In comparison to JoJo Moy's passage, because I have read this next passage, you can like JoJo Moy's definitely writes it for an easier read instead yes. of historical accuracy. Yes. So this part, Giver of Stars says, Patron Kathleen Bly asks librarian Alice. Have you got any of those women's home companions? This baby is just the devil to settle right down. And I was wondering if they had any, if they, if they had anything would help. That doesn't make any sense. Miss mm-hmm. O'Hare brought me some a while back and they had advice on all sorts. So, hmm, comparison, same. I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's a uh, magazine. Yes, I, I think so. Or like a like a book or something. Uh-huh. And so essentially these women ask if that specific magazine is available. Again, not super horrible, I don't think, mm-hmm. but but like sometimes like the way it's worded and there's like little kind of like that first part where um that Hillman guy like Yeah says something fairly similar. Like you get the same feel from mm-hmm. like what he was saying. Same thing about this one. So it does say the question of whether areas of overlap between the two novels might rise to the level of copyright infringement isn't necessarily clear cut. So I don't think there is, I don't think anyone is um, pressing charges or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But I did really like at the end of this article, um, Richardson says that if given the opportunity to talk to Moyes, she would want to discuss what she calls the bizarre similarities to their books. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, she said, it was always my belief that there's room for more than one story about the pack horse librarians in the world. And these fierce and little known women deserve to be celebrated globally after 80 years of being nothing more than a blip in history. Oh, I, so I really that. liked that. Yeah, I thought that was so sweet. You know, I think there's a lot of times that she can say, you know, hey, you took this from me. I'm supposed to be the only one who's talking about the pack horse librarian you know whatever but she's like you know mm-hmm. i would like to know like kind of why there are these really specific very obscure similarities mm-hmm. but overall i'm really glad these women are being talked about so that's like a really positive twist on it i think yeah it really is and like honestly in comparison to the dan mallory thing dan mallory full on the entire plot of that was the same Yes, yeah. the plot is slightly different, and it's just talking about these very specific instances, which is why I'll hold this to it again. If Jojo Moist did copyright some things, I think it was purely because she needed to fill some space. Yeah, um, and, and needed she, some ideas. Mm-hmm, and she used she utilized some ideas with a little bit of her own twist. Is that okay? No, I still don't think that's okay. But yeah. I don't think it was ever full. Nice Roomba. <laughs> My Roomba goes off at eleven every day, <laughs> um, but I don't think it was ever truly fully like she is. It's it's no Dan Mallory situation. I'm just saying. I a hundred percent agree with you. Honestly, will I read either of these books? I do really like JoJo Moyes. I don't. I didn't really like the last book that she re- uh, wrote, the Peacock Emporium. Ah yes. Um, will I read this one? I don't know. As of right now, I mean, I think it's a really interesting premise. I think learning about these women and reading a book about these women sound really interesting, but I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 
either. Honestly, the only Jojo Moyes that I've read is Me Before You. And not because, like... You read I... the girl Oh, and the girl you left behind. Sorry. Um, I was thinking about all her other ones. She has ah. so many that I haven't read. Some I've, I have one plus one, and I've attempted to read it, but I just I don't think I was in a, like a wanting to read like a book similar to that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think maybe I should give Jojo Moyes another chance, but maybe also check out this Richardson lady and uh, see her other novels, and if uh, they're worthy of a read. That's true too. And I've got a few Jojo Moyes I could rec- um, I could suggest to you as well. Not the others of the Me Before You series. Come on. No. I They're good. I Whatever. Okay. So to sum us up, do you think there was copyright? And do you think it's that big of a deal, yes or no? Um, I think there probably was a little bit of copyright. Um, I think it's a semi-big deal. Not, it's not a big deal. It's a small deal. Um, I think that, like, what would probably be best is like if it what did happen, Jojo Moyes to like fess up to it and apologize. Yeah. Um, and but it seems like no matter what, like no one's going to press charges. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this happens a lot of. I mean, not a lot, but definitely sometimes like people will get inspired by other people's books and have similar plot devices that they use. Mm-hmm. And I just think it just ended up being, since it's such a very specific. They, because they're right, both writing about the same thing, I don't think it was in Jojo Moy's best choice to do this. If it, she yeah. was going to do this, like it wouldn't have stood out as much if the books were about completely different things, like completely different historical events, and then she utilized some similar plot points. But I think because they're similar historical events, it just stands out a lot more. You mean similar fictional events? No, I mean like they used historical events that are like the same. Like the pack horse thing, like oh. that's like, but it because if if one was about pack horse and one was about, I don't know, the gold, like the uh, looking for gold or whatever in California, and they had mm-hmm. similar plot points, like we pointed out, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Gotcha, but be- because the historical was the event same. is the same. Yeah. That's when it kind of stands out a bit. Definitely, I definitely have to agree with you. I don't think. I think I really like what Richardson said at the ending. I think it would be really cool if the authors had a chance to talk mm-hmm. or if they were like, if they actually did say, you know, this is what happened. Will I think that's going to happen? No. Mm-mm. But I think that that would be really big of them. And overall, you know, is it that big? Like, ugh. I don't know. For me, it kind of feels like, again, I don't know Richardson's, like, her very well or her popularity or anything like that. But it kind of is like, oh, you're, like, in a way, it's like Jojo Moy is like, you have such a huge fan base already. And, like, you are already super successful. Like, why take some thunder from someone else? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. come on, girl. Like, it kind of feels a little shady in that way of, like, you really, like, couldn't figure out some of some of these creative excuse me some of these creative things but on your own like mm-hmm. for real that's the thing that kind of bothers me like it feels kind of like again I don't know Richardson she could be really famous I don't know but like taking in my mind an author I've not really heard of and then you have Jojo Moyes who this book actually the giver of stars has already been picked up to be made into a movie so oh, wow. like she had like at least one movie, going to be two movies made of her books. She's very popular, tons of success, and just kind of stealing that from another author, whether intentionally or not. Like, I think 
still deserves a little bit of a wow I'm really sorry like an apology Mm, yeah because I'm honestly like you like a lot of the times when people are very successful in writing or in anything they want to continue to harbor that success and it can become a very selfish approach of like when is it there's never there's never going to be enough not saying that that is how Jojo Moyes is but it happens to a lot of people where they're like oh, I am already so successful. Mm-hmm. I can be even more successful than yeah. I already am. Yeah. And she could feel a lot of pressure too. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think it, I think we did a good job of covering our bases. Lit sis listeners, lit sisters. <laughs> if you have any opinions, if, if you think this was plagiarism, if you think there was a way that she got her hands on the copy and, you know, whatnot, Please let us know. Or if you think, oh, I just think it's all coincidental. It doesn't sound like those points that Richardson pointed out are that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I'd love, we would love to hear from you guys. Feel free to message us or comment at Brook and Binding on Instagram or at Maddie Reads a lot or even on Anchor. You can make a little comment after this podcast is over. Um, but first, before we sign off, Maddie, what are you reading right now? So right now I am reading... Um... Oh my gosh. Wild I almost forgot it. Wild Game by Adrian Broder. Ooh. And it is so good. It's uh, it is a it's based on her true life. It's an autobiography, memoir kind of thing about her um as a kid and her um role in hiding her mother's affair with her stepfather's best friend. Oh my word, I need to read this book so bad. It you is need so to when good. you come when you come home, bring it. And hopefully you can finish it. If not, hopefully, whenever you finish it, I want to read it next. Okay. Well, it's pretty short. I'm not even 100 pages into it yet. Um, just because I've been super busy. It's been midterms week. Um, but it's just, it's so, it reads so well. It Like, she's so detailed about her childhood. It reads like a fictional book. Like, you have to Ooh. remind myself over and over again, I'm like, this is a real story that this actually happened to her. That reminds me of the glass castle. I felt the exact same way. Mm. Speaking of the glass castle, I'm bringing your copy back home. Oh, yay. Well, you um, should just keep it to read it yourself. Oh, that's true. You need to read it. I do need to do that. But that's what it, fe- it feels like this whole, like she, she wrote this like very descriptive thing about like the way that her mom would like get ready for bed or like the way that her mom or something about like her mom was sleeping, like this very descriptive thing or like stuff about like her brother and her when they were younger and, like, I was just, like, um, this – I feel like you are in my brain because I have these very <laughs> descriptive memories of my childhood. And it feels like this is what I would write if I was to write about my childhood is, like, make it into this huge, like, almost, like, novelized, novelized version of it. And that's what it feels like. And so it's very it's very enticing. And the way that she writes just makes you want to keep on reading. And I love it so much so far. Uh, I cannot wait to dive into it because that was your book of the month choice for October, correct? For September. Oh, September. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So, Haley, what are you reading? I am reading my October book of the month choice, Ooh. The Fountains of Silence by Ruta Sepetis, oh. which we always say we never know if we're saying her name right or not. Never know. Historical fiction based in Spain. Um, Talk about a good historical fiction civil- writer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about, it talks about, like, the Civil War that went on there. And um, based in the 1950s. And it goes, oh, my little kid is making noises. Oh, no. um, 
it goes it it's just super good and I really love how she writes she it flows so nicely and she really you are able to like connect with the character so quickly like it's just incredible and I'm so excited to read more of it I've only read a few pages because I was trying to pick a book yesterday um and uh, did it all on my own. I didn't have anyone's help, which is proud. So I gave you suggestions and you dissed <laughs> mine, so. I did. So, uh, no, I'm really excited. And I also am hoping to read The Beguiled at the same time, if Ooh. possible. Um, they both are really catching my eye, both historical fiction, um, both. Well, Beguiled has a little bit of, like, an eerie twist to it. Mm-hmm. And, um I'm really excited to dive into that one as well. Because those are both ones that when I started reading them, I didn't want to put them down and, like, read other books to see if I wanted to read those. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll read, like, a page or two. And then if I feel good about it, I'll set it aside. Or if I'm like, meh, I'll set it and be like, no, not right now. But those two books, I, like, kept reading. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't actually want to read any of the other first few pages of these other ones I pulled. So we'll see if I get around to reading both of them right now. But I'm definitely going to read The Fountains of Silence first. Ruda's books, I read very quickly. That's um, true. Just the way that she writes. And even just the layout of her text on the pages. Like, it's hard to explain. But, like, how she writes and how it looks on the page is Make very sure quick-moving. And um, I'm really hoping, I believe it's like at least 300 pages. It could be closer to four. I'm not sure. But Mm -hmm. it's pretty big. And I think I'm going to be able to get it done really quick. So I'm really excited to dig my teeth into that this afternoon. Exciting. Well, I'm excited. It sounds like we're reading some really good books. And I can't wait to do some swapping this weekend. (gasps) I know. It's exciting. Yay. All right. Well, thanks for taking a break from reading. Now go flip some pages. pages. Oh, my gosh. But, see. <laughs> <laughs>